0: Your salespeople are, are potentially what will make you from good to great, right? But they're not the ones that are going to make you good. And you can't be great without being good. Hello, everyone. This is Ellen, the producer of The Black Line Between Sales and Marketing with Doug Davidoff, CEO of Imagine Business Development, and Mike Donnelly, CEO of Seven Cents. Let's get started.
1: Welcome back to the uh, next episode of The Black Line between sales and marketing. Uh, Doug, you and I were having a a little bit of a heated discussion or a little bit of a battle the other day around the role of sales and marketing and how they play nicely together. And you, you had a really interesting comment or, We'll just call it long, drawn-out saying around sales and marketing, and equating that to the battlefield. I think the listeners would love to hear your uh, to hear your comments around that.
0: Yeah, so we we were talking um, a little bit about the, you know the challenge of of selling to salespeople, selling to the whole sales marketing thing, and and I I need to give a preface. Because I did realize probably about three years ago that, that while well, the analogy that I'm going to give is accurate, it, it's really, it's in some ways, it's not appropriate, which now everyone's really nervous about what it's going to be. like. So I do not mean in any way, shape, or form to equate sales and marketing to war. Um, and, and I think that actually part of the problem is that we've used too many war or even athletic analogies of win-lose that, that it, it, it has us messed up. But... It, um, I forget when I first came up with it, it you know, it, it's got to be like 20 years ago. Um, and I was trying to explain to somebody that, you know, the difference between sales and marketing, um, why they think different, why they act different, why they're so important. Um, and and that neither one is enough. Because, I mean, if you go back to episode one, we talk about the fact that, you know, salespeople go, I don't know why we're spending all this money on marketing. And marketers go, you know, same thing. And, and, and so what I, what I talk about is marketing is a lot like the Air Force, right? I mean, so if you're going to go in a battle, um, you know, war theory has, has proven that if you want to win the war, control the skies. Um, who, whoever controls the skies controls the battlefield. And, and if you control the battlefield, you're going to win. Um, and, and so, in, you know, in a lot of ways, the war is won in, in, in the air. And, and if you look at um, a lot of the more recent modern day conflicts where, where you had, Um, you know, an force like, like the US Air Force, you know, you can think about the Iraq war as an example, you know, it was 30 days of, of just air. Um, And, and what that, what the Air Force did was they defined the battlefield. Um, They took out various centers of, of, of the opponent. Um, And if you think about what, you know, what, what marketing is responsible for, marketing is about messaging, marketing is about awareness. Marketing is about creating the context. So really, marketing defines the field that we're going to play on. Um, and and if you want to if you want to win a war with the fewest casualties, then what you want to do is you want to you want to win the air. Because um, the because if you win the air, you soften the battlefield. Um, and and again, if you think about the Iraq War, thirty days of shock and awe, all that going on, air, 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 and then you know then when we wanted to take land. When we wanted to win, when we wanted the other side to surrender, that's when we moved our troops. That's when we had the infantry go. Um, and, and so if you think about it, the infantry is your sales team, right? So marketing defines the field, creates the position and creates the context, softens it for your sales team. But if you want to make sales, you need salespeople, right? And you know, if you want to take land, you need infantry. Now, the place where it got heated, because you loved it up to that point,
1: Mike. Yes, you're, you're the, right. The, the,
0: the, the place where it got heated was, I don't know why you say heated, just you, I mean, the only thing, you, you, you insulted my ancestors for a couple of minutes, but other than that, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> was I said that, that the biggest change in, in selling today is that marketing is like your special forces. And that very, very few people use marketing as the special forces. And you said, okay, Doug, I'm with you up to that point. Um, But no, I think it's your sales team that's the special forces. So so why don't you share your perspective on that? And then I can, and then we can go at it. We can have our point counterpoint.
1: Yeah, no. So, uh, and again, up until that point, I was in complete agreement. And I think where the conversation derailed or, or where we disagreed was around that special forces point and I, where I view things is special forces is really your true a players on your sales team and it's the ones that just you know both tactically they can think both tactically as well as strategically they know where to pull people in at, you know, they know what to ask for, et cetera. Now, a lot of that I was, I've been thinking about in context of more enterprise sales than call it a low dollar, I don't know, SaaS product. Um, so I, I have rethought that point uh, to a certain degree, but my belief, and this is, hopefully we'll either agree or disagree on this, is that that special forces part of your sales organization is your A players.
0: So a couple things. A, I, I'm gonna try to ma- move us away from from special forces. I mean, simply because we got, you know, I I, I get a little sentiment, sentimental here. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you. We I'm, do have yeah. people in harm's way, right, and right. and yep. I feel like yeah, I'm I'm doing them a disservice by by saying yeah. that. So 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 we'll re- we're, we'll refer to that. Um, the I feel like I should say God, but anyways. Um, <laughs> the, so I. I don't know if Special Forces is the right a- a analogy because after I talk to you, um, it doesn't change my point, but you know it's like if you think about the the army ranger who who is at the very front and it's just him and and he basically has like the equivalent of a laser pointer and and the missiles and stuff that we have have become so precise and so strong, whether it's missiles, drones et cetera that that they, I point the laser, um, and then, you know, the air power does the rest. You know, so so I would say that. Um, I mean, the good news is you don't have to go through like uh, miles and miles of of um, trench to, to to get to the point when you're when you're in a B two B sale environment. Um, so like, I'm not saying that that, that sales isn't there, but the, the origination of this actually was you know, like the biggest difference in in selling today is that in 2007 your your website existed to support your sales reps your marketing existed to support your sales reps in 2017 your sales reps augment your website your sales web your sales reps augment your marketing and 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 so what i'm saying is that that marketing doesn't just define the battlefield anymore. Mar- it doesn't just define the market. It doesn't just define the playing field. It doesn't just soften the market for you. Marketing is responsible for things that used to be the bastion of sales and that only salespeople can do. And, and because so few companies are, are utilizing marketing like this, salespeople are getting less and less effective. And I'm and I'm gonna ultimately hit it from from two points. So in that so so I use the special forces term in the the thing that makes you different, the thing that enables you to scale growth, the thing that enables you to do these things and accelerate and sustain um, where they used to be the bastion of, of of the sales side, IBM built the most dominant company in the world because they built the most dominant sales force. And and today, in the small, mid and large space, I posit that it, the company that gets the advantage is the one that deploys marketing and not sales. Sales is still necessary, but but I, I see every day how marketing carries the weight of sales occurring or should, and, and too many people are missing that though. And i say that applies to low-priced SaaS, um, to selling jet engines for GE, to, or selling whatever um, boring enterprise crap that you used to sell to the government. <laughs>
1: and I didn't sell to the government. I sold to Okay, so commercial. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you sold, enterprise. You, you,
0: you took a government. That, okay, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah.
0: Enterprise, government, same difference.
1: And, and, and I, I, you look at the companies that are growing with high predictability um, and, and, and very scalable growth rates or, or, or just high growth rates. I agree with you. Their, their, their marketing is above and beyond 95% of the other organizations that are out there. But hey,
0: I would, hold on, let me just say something here real quick because I, I think where people miss it is we look at their marketing and we go, hey, wow, look at the marketing HubSpot does. And, and it's not just the marketing that they do, it's, it's how they do the marketing and the role of marketing. It's the stuff behind the walls that no one sees, and it's why people can't compete with them. It's because they're playing, they're playing a different game.
1: Yep. That's what I'm saying. And and I mean, organizations like Salesforce are doing the exact same thing. Apple's doing the exact same thing. Google's doing the exact same thing. You know, kind of really just these high, highly scalable, growth-oriented organizations that are growing at very predictable rates. Um, but I w- I would I would still argue in in that enterprise world, and and you you likened it to, um, you know, the Army Ranger, you know, shining the uh, you know, a laser pointer, that missile is actually not the role of, uh, marketing's not firing that missile. It's the enterprise is firing that missile. No. I'm, I'm sorry, the executives. The executives are the missiles in an enterprise sale. No. Absolutely 100% it is. How often for you, when you're dealing with a client, are you, do you become that missile at the end of the sales process? You come in.
0: Whoa, sure. I've already, hold on. No, I've, by the time I'm in, I steal the deal. <laughs> but I don't win the business. I don't, I don't take something that wasn't won and, and, and win it. That, I used to. That used to be come in and make that, make that amazing presentation. And, and by the way, I do it less and less. Because you know how I do it now more and more? I do it on video.
1: Which i see, Which I see in your sales process, absolutely.
0: Which is marketing, right? So, so now, what, see, what I'm saying is because I bring it on video, and and, and by the way, uh, we'll put in the show notes because Mike's referring to a, a webinar that I did last week for Vidyard on, on on using sales. Uh, I'm sorry, using using sales through the sales process,
1: using video, video as part of the sales process. V-
0: using video through the sales process. Um, what what I'm doing is I'm making it easier for my sales team. Um, to, to move along. So, so what I'm doing is I'm turning, I'm turning what was a sales issue into a marketing asset. And that, and, and as I build that up, that gives me a bigger and bigger and bigger advantage. Cause, cause I'll get to the, to the real point in a second, unless you have something else, you know, unless you want to take issue with, with something else that I said.
1: <laughs> go, go right ahead.
0: So, so here's the thing that I think, and I hope to make a couple enemies from this today. I know that's unusual. I like to get along with everybody typically, but today I hope to make a call. Of <laughs> um, I know a lot of really good sales advisors out there. I know a lot of really good sales trainers out there and they tell really good um, sales stuff, right? I mean, they teach really good sales stuff. Um, and, and what's interesting is, is I find their stuff Less and less relevant every day, um, less and less meaningful, and I want to take issue with more and more of it. And, and I thought, you know, maybe that's because, well, I've become an arrogant salesperson I, after I did have my 50th birthday, so I'm a half a century old now. And, you know, maybe I've learned it all, so I'm just not as interested. But I, but I realized that that's really not the case. Because w- I used to do that. Like, I, by the way, some of what they're doing, if you go back when I started Imagine, they're doing what I dreamed of doing, right? I was gonna you know, be this thought leader who wrote books and you know, did things and told people, here's how you sell, here's how you become a genius in sales. And, and what I realized was, they're all trying to teach people how to be geniuses in sales, how to be a really good salesperson. Um, and here's what I learned, or here's what I believe, I don't know if I've learned this, but I certainly believe it. You can't skill a business on really good salespeople.
1: Yep. You can't,
0: you can't sustain on really good salespeople. Um, really good salespeople who are good salespeople because they're good, they're not sustainable. They'll be good this year. They'll be good maybe next year, um, but then they'll either revert or they'll leave, right? And, and, and so and an, there's an episode of Silicon Valley. Um, if you're interested, you can see the excerpt of this uh, episode of Silicon Valley in a blog post that that we had on uh, the three strategies to make your product easy to sell. And, and, and there's a, just a really funny scene where where the conversation comes where we have to make the product really easy to sell like super duper easy to sell because we need the very best salespeople to sell the product and the best salespeople will only sell for you if the product is easy to sell. Right. And so if the product's not easy to sell, then they'll leave you to go to somebody else whose product is easy to sell. Because if you're the best, then everybody wants you. Right. And if everybody wants you, you're going to be able to sell more and take more time off. And most salespeople that I've learned, they like to make a lot of money and they like to take a lot of time off. I've, I've learned that about them. <laughs> and, and, and it's a lot easier to do that when it's really easy to sell than, than, than when it's not. Right. And so if you don't make your product easy to sell, then the only people that you can hire are the not the best salespeople and the not the best salespeople can't hire. I mean, can't sell the really hard stuff. And so they struggle. And then we go, why, why do 54% of salespeople misquote it and things like that? And, and so what I'm saying is if you're to what I realized is my friends who are advising salespeople, they're in the business of making salespeople top performers. Right. I'm not in that business. Does that make sense? I'm going to it check does.
1: It, it-, it does. And one, one caveat that I would, would, would make to that is, and, I, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't think this is necessarily what you're saying, but one caveat that I would make to, hey, it's got to be easy to sell is it's got to be a good product. It's got to add true value because that was one of the things that I always considered in my career. Let me finish. Cause I see that you're ready to jump in. I'm <laughs> always ready to jump. In. I know is at the end of the day, I knew when I went home at night and I got up the next day, all I had was my reputation. And if I was selling, you know, if it was a hard sale, but it was a really good product and it was adding and delivering incredibly high value to my, to my prospects and customers, that's where I wanted to be. Now, the easier it got to sell, the more a company says, well, let's just hire more salespeople. Let's just hire more salespeople. And the harder it became to make money. Territories shrink, geographies, you know, you've got more people in in the same geography. And that's, that's one of the fundamental challenges when you make a product incredibly easy to sell. You've got a lot of really, really, you've got a lot of salespeople and therefore, it becomes harder and harder to
0: make. So, what you're saying is, you don't, you didn't like the balance of power to be with the company. You liked it when the balance of power was with you,
1: or more so with my, partially. Yeah, yeah and that's what
0: you, right. And 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 that goes to my point. I'm not in the business of of teaching salespeople how to be top performers. I'm in the business of of working with companies. To enable them to get on a sustainable, scalable growth path. Yep. And those two things are not the same thing. And so, so what I, what I'm saying is, your goal should not be to hire me as a salesperson. It shouldn't be to hire you as a salesperson because Mike, you're not a salesperson. You're not one, and you never were one. I'm not one, and I never was one. I mean, I could say something trite like, "You're an entrepreneur. You're not a salesperson." I, I hate how entrepreneur gets thrown around but you were always a business you always look at yourself as a business right and and so you had your proposition um, and, and that's why you own 7 cents and that's why I own Imagine now right because there's there's you know we weren't just sales guys i mean we joke and say that but but we weren't the other thing too is how many people do you have to hire that sound like Mike Donnelly before you get mcdonalds
1: yeah i mean there's there's tremendous risk to that
0: I say you gotta hire, hire, not interview. You gotta hire 20 Mike Donnelly's. You gotta hire 20 people that you think are Mike Donnelly's before you have Mike Donnelly. Mm-hmm. right? You're gonna be successful 5% of the time. Well, you can't grow a business hiring salespeople where you're successful 5% of the time, right? The The second thing is you're like, you're like um, if you think about crossing the chasm for any of our SaaS companies out there that are listening, um, By the way if you're not a tech company and you don't know about crossing the chasm you should know about it it's a huge marketing lesson um you are you're the early adopter salesperson and and by the way if i was starting up an enterprise company brand new and and i'm and i hadn't crossed the chasm yet absolutely everything i'm saying is is it doesn't apply i'm hiring you because it's all about that you know you're the early adopter salesperson you'd like to work with the company while they're early while they're young why you can move them together while the value proposition is malleable um, and all these different things because c- it's more than just selling indeed, right? Yeah, it's, it, it, and,
1: it, it, it's a different, great. It right? It's a lot of creativity right. that needs to go into it, et cetera.
0: Right, yep. right. And, 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 and 90% of the game is the failure, right? It's, it's yep. really, I mean, you get jazzed more, you're like me, we like to win, but you get jazzed more by the failure. You get jazzed more by the, I thought that was going to work and it didn't. Wait, what happened there? And then that's like you know innovation cycle, innovation cycle, innovation cycle, right? But but now I want to grow at twenty percent per year. I want to grow at thirty percent per year. I want to grow at at a hundred percent per year for the next four years. Well, you're not going to do that on on that side of the chasm. And and if I got a whole bunch of Mike you know, moving shit and pushing shit and adjusting stuff, I'm 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 in the Wild West, right? Yep. And, and so. And, and 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 the other thing that's interesting, and I actually hadn't thought about it until you said what what you said. Early adopter salespeople, I, I'm going to create a new term to describe early adopter salespeople. Er, er, early adopter salespeople are in competition with the company, right? We're 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 not going to be there for the lifetime because ultimately we're together for this very brief period of time, while our our interests desires and motivations are in alignment are, 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 matched, but, but they won't sustain because you are always selling Donald, and I'm always selling Doug David off. Right. Um, that's why I came to imagine because I'm the only person that won't fire me. I mean, I've tried, but I keep, I still show up to work the next day. Right. And, and so like you started saying it was about the, you know, about the product creating value and that used to be the difference. But the reason that products fail today isn't because they're not valuable. And, and the reason that products fail today, you, you've talked to a lot of SaaS companies. You, you know the SaaS companies that are succeeding and the SaaS companies that are struggling. Yep. Is it the quality of their salespeople that are different?
1: I think it's the quality primarily of, to your point, their marketing. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's right. And and so you've got
0: to make it easy to sell. Here's an interesting um, I think this is in the blog post, or maybe I'll find it. Oh, yeah, here we go. So, so in this blog post, we actually were doing a search. So, here's an example, by the way, of, of of what I was talking about. Part of making it easy to sell is is how much real lead generation is taking place. If if your salespeople are having to prospect this, and you know, I I, I see the sales advisors out there who go, you know, you know, better to pick, better for you to learn how to pick up the phone and make calls and talk to your dream client. And sit on your ass waiting for marketing to generate leads. for you. And I go, that's such a fool's um, choice because yeah, there's a lot of places where you're going to sit on your ass waiting for marketing and, and you better be able to generate your own business if that's the case, but there's a whole lot of places where they're creating leads for you. And, and if I'm great, why do I want to be doing, uh, to, to be doing that? So, so we actually were doing a search for a company. Um, they needed a salesperson. And at the time that we were doing the search, this company was was also doing a search for another company that was trying to hire in a traditional fashion. So one was hiring with our demand generation process. The other was hiring in the traditional fashion. So in the traditional search, the recruiting message, and this is a company that crafted the message and it wasn't just like they put it on career billboard. They identified candidates and they put the message in front of candidates. So this is a very directed, very targeted, Uh, recruiting strategy they put the message before 244 candidates with a response rate of under 5% of that response rate under 5% every one of them either declined moving forward after learning more about the position or was eliminated from consideration ten weeks into the process the position was open with no viable candidate now now I'll give credit to this company because they, they understood that not hiring somebody was better than hiring the wrong person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Most organizations, and, and part of it was because they outsourced the hire to this company that, that had a stringent, you know, they identified what a good candidate was and they stuck to that, to that definition. Okay. Our search where we had a lead generation process working, it was put in, a, in front of 107 candidates. The response rate was 15%. Eight candidates moved to a formal interview. Of the eight candidates, five candidates were were deemed capable of doing the job. I.e., the CEO who was doing the hiring in this case, the CEO deemed five candidates as, I could hire any of those five. And the CEO chose of those five candidates the one they thought was the best. The process took six weeks from beginning to hire. Right. Well, think about it. You're a good salesperson. You you you've got the ability to tell a story, make things happen. Why are you gonna leave where you're at? Now, here's the other thing that's interesting. Of the five candidates that that made the um made the that, cut. That made the cut. This was the candidate that was the second least qualified. And and it was also the second least expensive because they didn't need the full capability. They're like the top candidate he really liked, but what he realized was he would be, you know, he would be paying for so much capability that, that he didn't actually need. And then further, the candidate that he hired was also far, far more replicated, right? And, and, and so my point is, I mean, A, if you're growing a company, you gotta grow, you, you, you've gotta pay attention to the sales talent that you can hire. You know, how do you make it repeatable? Um, but B, here, here's the other problem that happens. And by the way, when, when were you that enterprise guy? When was that? Was that
1: 1863? <laughs> yes, yeah, somewhere. Somewhere, but it feels like it was back then. Um, no, from 2002 until 2014. Okay, so, so in, in fairness... You can't really look at the second half of your
0: career there because you had established such a base.
1: Yeah, no, right. You, you're right. And the last company that I worked for was doing uh, just a fantastic job of driving net new leads, opportunities, brand awareness. You know, we, we were getting in consideration more and more than in previous roles that I'd been in that was straight up like true guerrilla warfare type, you know, sales. So I'm-
0: I'm going to go out on a limb and say anybody that had, has had any success before 2012, put it on a whiteboard and erase it because that world doesn't exist anymore.
1: Yep. Agreed.
0: Right. And so the things that we did in 2002, because by the way, I would totally agree with you. 2002, sales was the bomb. Today, if marketing is not doing its job, I mean, here's what I've learned. If I'm not putting myself on video, I'm losing opportunities. It, it used to be like, hey, put yourself on video and sleep and you can make money. That used to be the thing that people talk about. Um, now, the failure to do that means I'm harder to, to learn from. And so the, the thing that I see again and again and again is companies that are trying to fix their sales problem with sales resources and not utilizing marketing to unlock the sales resources they have. And I have a theory for that, but I want you to uh, to shoot holes in all the stuff that I said.
1: Or no, I, 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 I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, um, you know, we used to make the joke of, Hey, they're paying me a couple hundred thousand dollars a year to do cold calling. Like, is that really what they want me to do? Because there wasn't enough, you know, there wasn't enough activity in the marketing side of it. The house to drive opportunities, but he, here's here's where I think the same fundamental challenge comes in is to 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 hire w- when you're thinking about hiring and you're going to hire twenty Doug Davidoffs. Oh think, my God, that's a scary thought, Alan. How do you feel about that? Twenty Doug Davidoffs? <laughs> I'd quit right away. <laughs> <laughs> me too, Alan. Me too. Um. But that same thing do you holds think, true in – what are you talking to your dog? Uh, no, I said, what do you think, Doug? I'm talking to one of the 19 other Doug <laughs> Gavidon. But the same thing holds true from a marketing perspective. How do I, go, higher, how do I go find that, that, that rock star team that can fundamentally change the game to drive?
0: Did you so ever my you see my cousin
1: Vinny? You ever see my cousin Vinny? <laughs> yes,
0: great movie My Cousin Vinny um, you know what my favorite line in My Cousin Vinny is
1: what
0: were those some kind of magic grits right the scene where the, he, um, Joe Pesci showed that he had the timeline off because the yep. grits were, yep. were done super fast for those who didn't see the movie and if you haven't seen My Cousin Vinny what are you doing put this podcast on pause, go to Netflix, watch my cousin. Ben. Um, I, I, I love are these magic grits because I look at companies that, that other, they, Oh wow. They're HubSpot. They're they were voted the second best company to work for in this and this. Oh wow. Do you think HubSpot has some kind of magic grits that, that they just are able to pick out of the universe, the great marketers
1: No, I don't think they have magic grit, but
0: like, like good they're hiring
1: way too good people. I'm sorry, what? If you hire good people, that typically leads to more good people getting hired.
0: You know what good people does is it leads to people being good. More good people yes, lead that's, to that's people what I'm being saying. good. It,
1: Right, that's what, I'm, no, that's what I'm referring to.
0: Not more good people leads to more good people. More good people leads to people being good, meaning I hire this person where there's good people, and I'm actually going to get to something before good people. I hire this person before I hire, you know, that, where there's good people, and they become good. They go over there, the same person, they're not good. Yep. The difference isn't the person, the difference is the, is the environment. So how did HubSpot hire good people before they had good people? You know what they did?
1: You know their history far better than I.
0: And I don't want to make this all about HubSpot. They're just the one that comes to mind. And you and I both know. But they had a good system. They built a structure. They built a strategy. They built a process.
1: Well, I think that process piece is is, is very, very, very
0: important. Oh, it's like, it's the difference between success and failure. Yeah. I mean, Darmish talks about their culture deck. Well, their, cult, their culture deck was an operating system.
1: Yep.
0: Right? Um, IBM. IBM didn't have magic grits. I mean, I guess they did because the system is the magic grit. I guess. Maybe I'm cheating my argument. But IBM did not hire superior salespeople. As a matter of fact, I would go so far as to say they hired relative to their competitors below average salespeople. You talk to someone who sold for Burroughs versus someone who sold for IBM, I'm telling you, the Burroughs salespeople, they are better salespeople.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And in a lot of ways, the Burroughs product was a better product. IBM had a superior system. And they also actually were doing marketing before we really even understood the importance of that. Xerox, I have never met more people to come from a company to make a living in consulting and an advisory who just suck as much as somebody who had success at Xerox as a salesperson. Right. I mean Xerox built a great sales organization and all these people went out with uh, the teaching the Xerox method of selling. And I don't know if you've met them, the ones I've met a lot of them become like Sandler franchisees. I'm sorry I shouldn't be naming names, but but they're just like I mean I'm looking at them like I'm going seriously? I've, I've met, you know, the travelers down the streets a better salesperson than you are. But they were at Xerox. And, they, and, and by the way, Xerox didn't have a great product. They had a good product and they had a great system, right? And so, you know why people hire great people? You know why everyone's trying to hire, hire great people? I'll tell you why. I, I have the answer. Because
1: they, they lack Because they're
0: lazy. Because they're lazy. Because hiring great people is is the only thing you can do to make up for being late?
1: It's a very interesting uh, observation. I mean, I, I, I no, you bring it up. Is, I, I, it, it's true.
0: It's the truth, right? We're here to speak. We're here to speak the truth, yeah. right? It, it, it's right?
1: That, that that is a very true observation. Because
0: process is a bitch. I mean, it just is. It's hard. It's ugly. It's annoying. And so, hey, you know what, if I can just hire a great salesperson, because, hey, they're all out there, you know, it's, it's that whole, it's that whole every um, idea. It's that, you know, Don Draper, let, let, let's get Hero's Journey, you know, all that stuff. If I can just get that guy. Um, and, and, and so who do we hire? We hire the person who comes in and tells us the best story. That's who people hire when they hire. That, that's who typical small mid-market businesses do when they, when, when, when they hire salespeople, right? But let me tell you what, because we've hired a really good salesperson, at imagine. He's going to be on the podcast in the future. Ellen, don't let him hear this podcast, by the way. Don't <laughs> keep, keep it from him. It'll it, it. go to his head. He'll ask for a raise, all that other stuff. <laughs> um, we've hired a really good salesperson. And let me tell you something I learned, because I haven't, I haven't been working with, you know, directly with really good salespeople in a long time. That they are demanding as I mean, holy cow! I'm like, dude, seriously? You knew we were a small company. What? I mean, but you know, look, he's a top performer. He's a yeah, sergeant. You got to yeah. be, you got to be ready to step up, right? I mean, I knew that because I because of what we do with other clients. But it, you know, it's fascinating. You know, it's like you know, I, coaching and advising is kind of like having grandkids. Because you know you get to give them back to the business
1: owner. Right?
0: <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose all my clients. Uh, that can. one is
1: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: But like like this one lives with me, and he's like, okay, well, where's this? Okay, well, where's this? Well, well, you know, well, wait a second. Well, I'm supposed to do this, and then this, and, and 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 like what he's done, and he's really good. I mean, he's highlighted where there are these missteps and miscalculations and and, and i thought i thought i'm being clear and, and you know and all this other stuff and and frankly i would have less issue i would have had less stress if i hired a less great salesperson because they would have come in here they would have been impressed by what we have they would have been all excited about this and, and they wouldn't have known any better i mean so a most companies aren't even ready to hire truly a great salesperson but but by the way we didn't hire him because we're looking to hire another him the next time we hired him to advance our system and our process to To build the
1: processes out so,
0: so that we can hire good people, teach them and, and have them perform to be great. Right. And, and then the other category and why this has changed is the way we consume information, the way we think, the way we learn has totally changed. It used to be, and I was good at it, I would come in and I would make an argument and and I'd cause you to think different and you'd be like, holy cow, I never thought of it that way. Doug, you're right. Let's do it. And I I know the same thing happened for you. Yep. Now I have that same, I do that same thing and you know what happens? They go, Doug, you're right. I haven't thought about that way.
1: Let me, Let me share this thought first. with so-and-so.
0: But not even think about it. Let me share this thought with so-and-so and so-and-so. And, let's, right? um, and now, because my marketing, both video, blog content, other things that we're doing, because that becomes the place where I give that first response. I, I, I told the story on the video we have um, on, on the webinar that, that, that we did with Vidyard. We have, we have a video. We were, we were talking to a client. Um, there were three people that we were talking to. We were talking about the head of sales, the head of marketing, and the CEO. I mean, we thought we had them all covered. They've had like 14 different people watch the video. I mean, they had their CFO watch the video. Right.
1: Yeah, because he's got questions, and it, it makes it much better for, for you to deliver that message to the CFO and expect that person that you've delivered it to to deliver a better message than you and i had
0: i hadn't even thought of that because what was explained to me was they wanted to make sure that like he understood this is what we're doing like this right. this is the direction of the company and and so i get that in front of them the you know the job that i have you, you know it's 10 times easier the, the person that doesn't have it a they're forced to try to find somebody like me um and then B, here, here's the question. Let, let's just say that that, that Mike, well, let me ask you, Mike, you decide to go back into sale. Yep. Right. You got company A with a great product. You got company B with a great product. You got company A with a great CEO. Company B with a great CEO. You got company A that's like, okay, here's what we want you to do. You need you to go out and and, and you're going to be selling like you sold. It's going to be, you're going to have carte blanche. You're going to have a nice expense account. You're going to have all those things and it's you. Or company B um has has okay here's the lead generation here's the content here's the video resources here's all these things that we have at your disposal which one are you going to
1: <laughs> that's a little bit of a loaded question well what what, what is the option package <laughs> you know equity number one because most tech companies today in today's world no, but
0: yeah but like, i mean remember we got non-tech I mean, but just i mean you're a good salesperson. i mean all all other things being equal Actually, let me say this.
1: W-2 company opportunity, A, all that. Company
0: A Company A pays you 10% more um, commission per sale than Company B.
1: In today's world, I'm going to go to Company B. And why are you
0: going to if go to Company B? If you would have
1: asked me five years ago, I would have said Company A, because you're right. People have fundamentally changed the way that they buy. I think five years ago you would have said company A because you wouldn't have believed company B. And now maybe you believe
0: company B. Because here's the thing. Are you going to be able to sell 10% more with the assets of Company B? Far more. Right. So so by the way, that's what IBM did. IBM had the worst compensation package in the industry. Right? And everybody wanted to go to work for IBM because they could make more money. Why could they make more money? Because they could could sell sell a whole lot more. Right? And IBM can hire the next one and hire the next one and hire the next one. Right? And 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 so that that's what my point is, and that's where people are missing things. And and, and here's the thing that's just so sad for me, because I'm a sales guy. You know, and it's funny that I'm actually making the argument for marketing as as you know the sales kindred spirit that I am, but but salespeople are not getting the job done. Um, they continue to create a bad name for the world. All you have to do is go on LinkedIn and uh, and, yeah. and see that. Um, they're not making quota. And it's not their fault.
1: Agreed. They're not getting the coaching they need. They're not getting the air cover they need back to the earlier analogy.
0: Yeah. See, I don't even think, but like, I don't even think it's coaching. I don't think coaching is the difference. I mean, I think... It, well, okay, so let me take, take a step back.
1: Coaching, coaching is part of it, but they, they also are not being given the process. And I think, go back to your earlier point. So uh, like, for example, when we were saying, okay, it's time to, to grow 7 cents, I remember talking to you and saying, yeah, I need to find a just a rock star sales guy. And you fought me on that. And we were like, no, 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 no. What you really need to do is build out a... The, the process, because you're, you have a 5% chance that you're going to get a rock star. And the, the reality is you have a
0: 0% chance you're going to get a rock star because rock stars don't work for companies that are small. They just right.
1: don't work. No, you're right. So the process component of it is as we continue to build the process out, the success that we're seeing from the time that we're investing in the process is 10x what it was.
0: And you know why you wanted to hire a rock star?
1: Because I lived in the old.
0: Because you were lazy.
1: You're right. You're absolutely right.
0: And, and it's unfair to say that you were lazy because no, you worked your ass you, off. But, yeah, you, but you're because you're doing all these other things, right. yep. you wanted to be I mean, there.
1: That was back burner. That was back burner. Process was back burner. Now I wake up every day and think about the process and how can I refine it, refine it, refine it, refine it. And in literally a short three months, that difference of what we're seeing as far as productivity is as 10 X itself. So here's my challenge. Coaching, that's not through, you know, sure. There's coaching that's going on, but the process just keeps getting better.
0: Uh, so I'm, I'm going to finish with the challenge, but you just actually made me remember something that I was going to say earlier. Yeah. Um, I hate Bill Belichick. Have I ever told you that? You know Bill Belichick's from like my neighborhood. He's from just yeah down, right yeah, down yeah the that yeah. yeah. you know his dad coached at Navy. I know I know somebody who used to wait wait tables with him at Middleton's, um, but I guess like um, he just turned sixty three or something. And, and someone interviewed him and said you know so you know you're sixty three, you've won X number of Super Bowls, you've done this, you've done that. You know, what what do you want? What do you want in for the future in your life? And you know what his answer was. Hmm. I'd like to have a good practice today. That would be really nice if we could have a good practice today. And, and, you know, and and here's this, like, you know, he's the genius, right? Right. And I thought to myself, wow, that is a powerful mindset. I'd like to have a good practice today. I'm not looking to do this big thing. And and if you think about it and the Patriots and I hate them, but I respect them because they always start off. They always lose two out of the first three games. Everyone says, okay, it's done. Then they roll. And then they roll because they, they adjust, they adjust, they adjust, right? They're not, they're not trying to do big things. They knew, they know who they are. They rely on the system, by the way, perfect example, right? They take people who have been cut in other places. They come on the Patriots and holy cow, look, they're superstars. Playbook process, have a good practice. Um, That that's what leads to results, right? And so here's my challenge, because because again, what I want to emphasize is your your salespeople now, and, and, and we're gonna leave the battlefield analogy, your salespeople are are potentially what will make you from good to great. Right. But they're not the ones that are gonna make you good. And you can't be great without being good first. Does that make sense? Yep. And so here's the actionable challenge that I have for everybody that's listening. If you're a CEO, senior executive, marketer, or salesperson, you should do this. How would you continue to make sales, whatever it is you're selling, how would you continue to make sales if you had no salespeople? If no salesperson could have a one-to-one meeting, phone, in-person, whatever, how would you make sales? And, and, and here's the thing. I would not be able to make the sales that I make now without salespeople. I would not be able to make the sales I make now without, what I, without doing what I do. But I know how I'd make sales. And you've seen it, right? I would be able to sell without ever showing up. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. Right. And so if you can figure that out, then when you then then you've got the process, you've got the system, you've got the assets, or maybe you just figure out this is these are the assets that I need to build. Then when you hire salespeople, they become your accelerant. But but when you're asking them to sell without that, a it's hard, and b I don't think it's sustainable. I read, I'm I'm going out. I mean,
1: it's one, I mean, one, it's straight up just burnout cycles from your sales team. And, and two, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't give you that predictable growth from an accelerant perspective. I, someone, someone talked about the fact, and
0: I got sick and tired of this, but they talked about that, you know, the millennials are, they're entering middle management. Over the next three to five years, millennials are going to become dominant decision makers. You know what millennials don't like to do? They don't like to talk to people when they don't have to. Right? Did you ever read uh, Anziz An- An- Asari's book? And, you know, after the date, the person called him, like, oh, my God, why are you calling me? <laughs> right? Like, that's gr- Like, literally, the person said in the interview, like, that was gross. Like, I mean, I mean if he had texted me, I would have gone out with him again. But he, he called me. Right? Can you right? When we were kids, yeah. you know, when we were courting, um, you know, if we texted, well, I'm not but, in the same
1: oh. age group as you, dog. So let's let's be clear there. There's okay. more than a decade difference.
0: Only chronologically, my <laughs> friend. Only chronologically. So, so that 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 that's really where what my point is, and I think that's what the takeaway from from today is. Um, if, and again, I, I I wish I had a better way to explain it. Uh, and we're actually going to be doing um, a webinar on this in January, I believe. Um, and that is, you know, the role of sales that marketing has. And, and, and it's not give marketing a quota. It's not that trite BS. It is that, that you know, it used to be like the top of the funnel is the, is the world of the marketer and the bottom of the funnel is the, word of the, is the world of the sales peep, salesperson. In between
1: is the black line between sales and marketing.
0: Right. And and what I'm saying is if marketing's not at the bottom of the funnel with your sales team, then you're losing.
1: Very interesting perspective. I'm walking away with a big challenge in my mind. And what's that? To think about if I did not have any salespeople, how would I sell my product? And I need to adjust my processes to exactly that. And like I said, In the past three months, by just simply adjusting process, nothing else, we've 10x lead generation. There you go. And And we've got a lot more to do if we want to grow, if we want to continue to grow at sustainable rates. So there you go, everybody. That's your homework. Figure out how to sell without
0: salespeople. Until next time. Love it. Thank you.